Hello everyone, this is JPL, and uh, I today I'm joined with... Matthew here. And... Uh, so Legends. Yes, and we are the Council of Podcast Name in Brackets, and today we'll be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. First things first, what are y'all's thoughts on it? What do you think about the movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I always lead with... Um, I, I watched it twice, and the first time I did not like it like at all um but the second time i watched through it i loved it so yeah it and really gets better on the second viewing i i would have yeah. to agree. yeah after the first movie i was very just i i didn't really know what to think of the movie because so much had happened there was a lot of uh you know uh, controversial things that happened you know it's a very split decision on this movie about people's reactions to it so, uh, where should we start off? Um, that's a, a good long question. time ago, the galaxy far, far away. I guess we could start off with the setting then. Oh yeah, we could do that. I felt, yeah, I think one of the weakest aspects of the movie was the plot in general. Okay, in, in like what it felt, part? um. It felt kind of like the, especially the um whole, like, the Resistance is being chased by the First Order. It felt like an episode of the Clone Wars. Mm. Okay, yeah. Just sort of like the gimmick of the whole plot. But then on the second time that I saw that, that bothered me a bit less. Yeah, I think, like, what bothered me a little bit more than maybe it should have is, like, Traditionally, in in Star Wars, um, between the movies, there's a decent amount of time, whether it be a month or a year or 10 years um, or 30, whichever. There's a decent amount of time, so we have the whole text crawl for that. Yes. Um, in this movie, we it's been like a second since, well, longer than that depending on which part of the story but like it happens immediately after and like the text troll kind of contradicts what happened in the last movie like the last movie was like hey the first order is like rising up and stuff and we should like stop them because they got this really big bad weapon and uh they take out the big bag bad weapon and everything's good and then like the next movie is like hey first order's in charge now deal with it it was just kind of yeah weird. It, it 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 didn't really feel like uh you know seconds had passed it felt like two years had passed to be honest yeah especially you know um i was thinking about one scene you know with when rose was introduced like she 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 recognized finn was like oh, you're you're finn you know you're you blew up the death star like you're like a legend and it's like okay so how does she know Finn from only, I don't know, him being there for a couple of hours, you know? That is a... That doesn't seem... That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that she would be enamored by that point. Yeah. If it was only a few seconds. Um, and, and, and I think, for me, the biggest issue with, uh having it take place at the same time. Um, the story itself, 
is actually pretty good. I like the story. You know, it's a fine story, but the problem is that if you, this story is supposed to take place in a trilogy of movies that's supposed to set up this uh, world, and yet we still don't know anything about the world still. Like, we don't really know much about the First Order. We don't know anything about Snoke. Uh, yeah. There's still there's still a lot of stuff that's missing, and so that's why I feel like the third movie in the trilogy is probably not going to be as good or very weak. Um, because, one, J.J. Abrams, you know, um, he has um, um, tr tr trouble finishing off things. So, yeah, I don't feel like it's going to be tightly tightly uh, knit you know, uh, all strings put together, it's not going to be that at the end. I agreed to some degree. Um, but at the same time, it it isn't just um, JJ working on it. Obviously, of course, of course. Gary Johnson, I believe. Is it Gary? Ryan... Uh, no, Ryan. Oh, I don't oh, remember his name. Director for last. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Yeah. What did I say? Anyways, um, I think personally, I think he did better than the previous movie. Of course. Um, yes. just in establishing a more original story. And while I think JJ did a good job with the cinematography and some of the character development, I think Johnson did a better job, at least in the storytelling aspect. Um, as far as character development, I don't really know because we got a little bit with Finn. Um, we got a lot with Kylo, I think, but it's a little bit more subtle. Um, Poe yeah. is probably the biggest character development. Um, and then, um, well, not really. I can come to back to that later. Okay. There's there's a bit of issue with this character. Okay. But anyways, like I think uh, Ryan Johnson did a better job at it, and like that's why Disney's giving him his own trilogy to work with later. Maybe. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the word around town. With the box office, I don't believe. And the and the uh, critical split. The critics aren't split, but yeah, the fan base. Yeah, but the audience split is what I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I still think uh, personally, I think he did a, a better job. Um, but meh. I like his directing. Uh, some of his writing, uh, I feel, could be uh, changed. Which parts? Uh, definitely the side plots that have nothing to do with uh, anything with the movie. Yeah. Okay. So the whole casino scene, I'm assuming, is a. Uh, no casino. That. The whole uh, thing with the uh, Holdo and Poe. You know. Um. That part I didn't mind honestly, because. I mean, that whole part of it being... It, it was kind of contrived at the end of the day. Like, there didn't I, really need to be a conflict there, I don't think. I um, have a theory and, on that, though. Okay. Uh, I'll talk about more when we get to the Poe character section, but... Yeah. 
and you know put them together yeah yeah but yeah. like i don't know i I, f I find the like space part of it um to be pretty fine andy yeah um obviously the, the focus should have been more on ray and kylo and luke um but they and they did focus on that quite a bit but they did take it a different direction too yeah hmm and I mean I think the controversy around it I don't know that there's that many people that that disliked it I think it's just a very vocal group of people yeah and, and like, I've seen yeah sorry um, some people are sort of speculating that it may be DCEU fans who are trying to take down a Disney franchise. Which, I mean, it's a bit of a conspiracy theory, but that's not yeah. out of the... And I'm, I'm sure there definitely are a lot of DCEU fans that think that way, but I don't... I, I would assume that that's more of a minority. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, so I, I just watched the uh, Nostalgia Critics review of it. I feel like his uh, review was very much on point. Yeah, and like in his closing statements, he, he argues that like he did enjoy the movie. It's just there were some pretty big problems with it. And that's not like obviously no, no movie is going to be perfect. And expecting it to be is just unrealistic. But yeah. they definitely could have done better in some areas, and I hope they improve it for the next parts of their story. Yeah, the one thing I hope that they don't do is I hope they don't backpedal or end up in a situation where J.J. Abrams comes back and tries to undo The Last Jedi. Hmm. Because that would be very counterproductive. I'm not sure how you would undo it. Well, revealing Ray's parents to be someone else, or well, that that's actually going to happen. Uh, Ryan Johnson said that that it the, yeah. the seal has not been closed on that. And I don't know. I feel like if you're going I to mean, make that, that bold that of makes a decision, sense, though. yeah. But if you're going to make that bold of a decision, you should stick with it. I. Okay, this is this is my problem with that whole part, is like it wasn't set up, I I think. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think if based on the way it was set up, like it feels like that's not the actual answer, like that's more of a lie. Um, but I like some of the philosophy behind. Hey, these are a bunch of like ragtag people like uh finn is just next stormtrooper ray is allegedly just the daughter of junkards like the only like person with real lineage is kylo ren and he's eh i i think that's a cool concept to play on i just don't know like what they're gonna do with it i suppose yeah. Um. And it it just doesn't feel like that was the direction they were originally going. 
So well, I think I that's think, the more frustrating part. I think part of the problem is that they didn't have a direction because it sounds like J.J. Abrams, when he was making The Force Awakens, he was um, making a bunch of loose plot threads that could be picked up by the next director. Mm. So, Which wasn't very much picked up. Well, yeah. I, Ryan Johnson decided to not pick up any of them. Well, and at the same time, too, like The Last Jedi was being written as um, Force Awakens was being filmed. So yeah. any minor changes that did happen, like, kind of had to go in last minute. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I think um, some people have been suggesting that there should have been two years between each Star Wars movie, and I think that that might have been a better idea just to give them some time to figure out where they're headed. Yeah, if you're going to put this stuff uh, closely together, then it has to be a TV show. Yeah, and there's also a bit of, like, fatigue of, you know, this is the third Star Wars movie in three years, so... If we get a Star Wars movie every every year, what's the fun of yeah. going to Star Wars? That that's a big point too, because like seeing um, seeing the uh, the Force Awakens was like I don't know, it was a it was a whole experience for me. Like it was the first yeah. Star yeah. Wars released in however long, and like I actually knew I was actually like not a child going into well actually this was that was the first star wars movie i'd seen in theaters so like it was it was a whole new experience for me but like i i like this is the thing it it feels i i I always feel bad complaining about how much content we are getting because we're i mean we got force awakens rogue one um we're getting or we got uh eight and we're getting a Han Solo movie, and we're getting nine, and like, but at the same time, uh, TV shows, yeah. uh, a new trilogy, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, do I really want that if, um, it means that they might not be as good or as well developed or whatnot? Yeah, kind of just a weird thing to think about. And, like, the new um, Harry Potter series is going every two years, and, I mean, it remains to be seen if that works out for them, but mm. I feel like, the, you know, they're building up the anticipation a lot better than Star Wars is, because the next Star Wars movie is in a few months. Yeah, in May. Yeah. So, is that, wait, wait, is that, is I'm that solo. nine? Solo. Okay, okay. Solo. Good, good, good. Because I had heard... Yeah other people say otherwise and i was like it better not be releasing nine this early <laughs> oh, no like and then I, I think episode nine after the may release they're going to be going back to the december le- released in uh 2019 so that's going to be over a year with no star wars pretty much yeah that that will be and i feel like that might be good mm-hmm. but i still it, it's one it's good but two it's like uh, it's I want, yeah, it's a I want more of the story. Yeah. Which you, you can, and we can't get TV shows because you know the Rebels is ending soon. So I did hear a rumor, and I don't know how true it is, 
that Star Wars might be getting a live action TV show? In 2019. Oh, it's 2019? It's possible, okay. yes. I'm worried about that because, you know, that could go really well or really bad. Yeah. And, yeah. I think there's a flood of Star Wars content, and I think a lot of audiences are getting kind of tired of it. Mm. Like, just general audiences, not even the fans. Because and, I have a lot of books to read. Well, yeah. And another thing, you know, I don't... I enjoyed seeing Rogue One, but I feel like they should have waited until they'd finished this trilogy to release it. Because, like, my parents walked into The Last Jedi, and the last Star Wars that they had seen was um, Rogue One. Right. So they were confused for the first little while as to who was who and what was yeah. going on, because they hadn't seen um, right, The Force right. Awakens in over a year. Yeah, I get that. I can understand. Like, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. I hadn't seen Force Awakens in a long time before I had watched um, Last Jedi. And I mean, I would watch Force Awakens before I even go to the movie. Yeah, I, I ended up doing that the second time, and I think that's partially why I enjoyed it more. Yeah. And, yeah. And I feel like, especially since... They keep hiring the same type of person to play the um, main female characters. It gets a little confusing after a while as to which British brunette is which. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I I, I understand Kathleen Kennedy's decision to do, go towards a more female-led uh, Star Wars, but when uh, all the females start blending together, it's kind of like, oh... And like, There's a problem here. And Rose would have been a good departure from that, but she isn't the main female character. Right. Right. Uh, should we go to our character list? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Alright, who's on the page? What should we start with? BB-8, um, of course. I don't... Yeah, BB-8, let's start with uh, that guy. I mean... I was mostly joking, but yeah, 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 let's do BB-8. No, I have a thing to say about BB-8. I feel like uh, a lot of comedy with BB-8 did not work out with me. Oh, yeah? It was very... It didn't feel like Star Wars, you know. Um, you know, BB-8 shooting uh, the coins out like a machine gun and blowing it. It's like, uh... Okay, so... It did Yeah. It, For me, it reminded me of episode 3... Um, R2-D2 mm -hmm. which isn't particularly a bad thing but that's like what they did with R2 in the, the prequels kind of strayed from like you know in the in the originals he's just this droid that you know he uh, he's just a droid he has a holographic projector but that's like his one appeal well he has a bit of personality but right. yeah it's like in the in the prequel trilogy, they kind of blew it up a bit. Yeah, like, well, yeah. They, like... I, what I'm saying more is, like... So in the prequel trilogy, like... He, like, straight up zaps somebody. Uh, he flies at one point. Um, 
things like that that it's like, uh, okay, why aren't we seeing this later on? Yeah. And so, like, seeing BB-8 do certain things um, was like, oh, that's funny, but... Well, like, for me, it feels like uh, they're really self-aware that there's an audience and they need to put on some comedy, and that's just uh, in-your-face comedy uh, when BB-8 does that. Yeah. And also, uh, another point that I just really uh, groaned at is um, near the end of the movie where uh, Finn was battling uh, uh, Captain Phasma mm-hmm. and one of the ATSTs or whatever you would call that thing uh, starts firing at the troopers, which I, bo- I think pretty much everyone thought that would be DJ's character. But oh, yeah. It turned out to be BB-8. I thought, ah, out of the suspension of disbelief, I don't think, you know, that was possible. Right. Uh, and, like, this is the thing, too. Like, the cool thing about the original trilogy with, um, with the droids is that they were kind of the non non-sided like storytellers i like bb8 and i think he's cute and i think they did good marketing with him but like i kind of wish he was less on one person's side and more i don't know so here's the thing in this movie bb8 did not serve a purpose and usually characters they have a purpose to hold you know in the last movie bb8 had the map to luke skywalker throughout the entire movie and they were going after that one droid here the droid just tags along and he doesn't really do anything to help the plot yeah Yeah. and same thing with the porgs well no dude the porgs are the best characters yeah no like there there are a couple scenes you know where the porgs are cute but it comes to a point where they're getting in your face and I kind of feel like the fourth wall is being broken a lot because there's a lot of scenes where they're staring straight at the camera especially during the battle of crate where porgs are interrupting Chewbacca and they're looking straight at the camera and screaming and you know the tension is broken and no one was laughing in the theater it just felt awkward yeah I I would say I, I like the porgs and I feel like Star Wars is going to have obvious marketing tactics. Yeah. And the Porgs are um, creatively used enough that, you know, they don't bother me the way that maybe the Ewoks bothered some people or Jar Jar Binks. Right. Yeah. I, I, I will say they were a lot less annoying because, like, they had that cute aspect to them. And it was kind of like, okay, so this is some of the wildlife of, um, was it Oct-9? Octo. Octo. Okay. Um, it was like, okay, so these, this is the wildlife. It's kind of annoying, um, but it's, it's different. It has a distinct look, obviously, for marketing, but, you know, I could, I could get behind cute animals. But it, it was like... The more they showed up, the yeah, less I, uh, I think, cute they I were. I think they didn't really need to make an appearance, as many appearances, uh, beyond Oct 2. Like, after Oct 2, yeah, I would yes. have been totally fine with just, like, little crystal wolf things. Those were cool. Now, it, it made sense why they would even have Porgs to begin with, because uh, 
you know, the island they were working on, you know, there were a bunch of puffins flying everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And and so in order to uh to fix that they would change the puffins into porgs in the background and you can actually see that yeah. as the movie progresses. Yeah, I, and I, I think did hear cool. I heard one kind of smart idea of what they could do with the porgs of turning them into a commentary on invasive species by just sort of like putting them you know on whatever first order base they use next time just like maybe in the background and then have that like they've taken over the galaxy Mm. Uh, I think it would be kind of funny but I think that might be too much but so now that we got the those uh, smaller characters, um, well, let's go big and talk about Ray. Okay. Okay. An improvement. It's yeah, a... kind of. I feel like. They don't have an, a clear time frame for her training. Oh, you can hardly so, call it training. Yeah, and I think that's one of the bigger problems that the movie has is she still doesn't feel like she's earned her powers mm-hmm. the way that Luke yeah. did. That, yeah, that I feel like is probably my biggest problem with um, the current trilogy is just that like it's it doesn't feel like she's earned it so there's a th- I, there's a theory going on that Ray is probably another Anakin where she was just conceived by the force I've heard that too I having seen a couple interviews um with her it, it seems like that is likely not the case of course um but i don't know yeah you know it's yeah it's it's yeah we don't know until they figure that yeah, out yeah yeah and obviously like whatever i don't know if if uh johnson is queued up for this next movie but um it, he's probably uh, he's probably an advisor to uh, uh, yeah. Abrams. But like either way, like it's it's kind of up to the next director to figure out who um, who she really is, because like the past two kind of haven't. Like okay, yeah. so in in Force Awakens, it was like she's she's just this junker who is desperately hoping for her parents to come back, um, but gets caught up and finds out she's force sensitive, and um, ends up helping out the resistance. Um, in the second one, it's like okay, she's met Luke Skywalker. Um, and is trying to get him to train her. Um, but it's all led down the motive of finding her parents and out who she is and 
regardless, the whole time, there's like the only moral dilemma, and I'm using quotes in that, um, is when the ones, well, the two seams where she succumbs to the dark side, where she's just like meditating and then, oh, there's dark and cracks now. And they kind of brush that aside. Um, yeah. And obviously, like, later, like, she pulls out a lightsaber um, to attack Luke. And that's like, ah, okay. But, like, it still seemed like there was no moral dilemma. Like, when Kylo offers to let her, like, rule alongside him, she is like, no, that's not a good thing to do. But I don't see any motive behind that. Like, she's just trying to find out who her parents are. Obviously, she doesn't want... It seems like she doesn't want Finn to die. But that's... And probably Leia. But those are like... And Chewie. But those are like (laughs) the only people that she's really attached to. Like, Han Solo got killed. Um, Leia was really only there for that hug at the end. And, uh, yeah, I I don't know. It just seemed like her character, they've kind of painted to be, like, the perfect character, powerful, female, um, strong, uh, morally upright. But, like, there just seems to be very little development to her. I, I feel like the first movie had more development in that regard. I, I do know. I do find it interesting that they're doing the sort of romance with Kylo Ren because that adds a lot to her character that was to both of their characters actually. I don't want that to be a thing. But I mean, when you think about it, we've never really had that in the Star Wars, at least in the main Star Wars universe. Right, right. So it adds sort of a layer of complexity. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm alright with... But with it, it seems out of nowhere. Yeah, and... And it, I been... don't think that could be a thing now since the betrayal oh, in no. the movie. Well, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I feel like with their connection with the Force, they could have um, pushed that. It, it could have. Um, both of them were having problems with their mentors at the time, like they were having a similar situation for a lot of it. And so it's like, oh, okay, I could see how they could push together. What I kind of hoped for was kind of like a a mid-ground type of thing where um, somebody brought up it would be cool if Rey and Kylo switch sides. Um, Yeah. Yes. And I thought that would be pretty cool, but that obviously didn't happen. Uh, And I I do believe that some fans would be upset that Kylo Ren could be reformed because in their eyes since he killed Han Solo you know you you can't come back from that they're because they're not gonna forgive him for but that. okay th- this is the thing like at least in in my eyes like that's the whole moral dilemma of the original trilogy that like nobody is so far gone that they can't be saved uh, it's it's not an issue with uh how that thing works because I watched My Little Pony, and uh, most of the vil- villains have been reformed. Yeah. Well, it's getting old, but yeah. makes sense. 
my concern is is with the audience reaction of Kylo Ren being reformed. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I feel like this whole movie was a uh, a big like declaration of we don't care what the fans think. We're gonna we're gonna make our own story, which I'm not saying is a bad thing by any means. I feel like a lot of places should do that, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're kind of stuck in a in an awkward position right now where um you know they've The Last Jedi is this very strong movie and it makes some very strong creative decisions. Mm-hmm. And so now they have to decide do they blink and you know change stuff because the fans have said that or do they stick their ground and risk losing even more fans mm-hmm. and yeah really there's no right decision because people are going to be angry either oh, way yeah. and I think The Force Awakens was a very safe movie and I feel that Rogue One was also a very safe movie they didn't do anything big like The Last Jedi did so Besides killing off well, all the main characters. Yeah, but that wasn't something... Yeah, even that, that wasn't that so That wasn't bad. like a bold creative decision. That was to be expected, almost. Um, and yeah, I think The Last Jedi is an interesting movie because it is a turning point for the franchise. And I think um, years from now, it'll probably be either one of the best or one of the worst and it depends on what episode 9 is yeah Um, that's a good point and yeah I mean even though the movie felt more complete than The Force Awakens I feel like the discussion around the movie doesn't feel complete because we haven't yet seen the ramifications of it so this is either going to be the Star Wars movie that changed everything or the Star Wars movie that you can skip because everything that it did was undone. Fair enough, yeah. Well, th- you couldn't really skip. You know, there's still a bunch of other aspects of the story. Well, yeah. That is, uh... But, it, and it really depends on where they're taking the franchise. And, True. yeah, I think there are a lot of better ways that they could have handled the characters but I feel like there's a direction to the series now that was missing with The Force Awakens so it remains to be seen what they decide to do with the characters going forward yeah well I do hope that Rey is a much better trained Jedi yeah and I hope she gets her staff lightsaber yes yeah I think a lot of people are hoping for that and, like, they're hinting it more again here with her training with her staff. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have to agree. And, like, a non-normal color is probably, I feel like, because we haven't had, like, an actual explanation of, um, like, crystals and anything like that in the movies. Um, Even the books are very broad on that. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like it would it would be really cool, um, and this is something that the Blade Runner sequel did, is they took the original beginning to the first Blade Runner as it was written out in the script, 
mm-hmm. and they put it to begin the second one, even though Ooh. it was cut out of the first one, sort of as like an Easter egg to all of the fans. Right. Um, and so I feel like they could do the scene with Luke making his lightsaber and do that in episode nine with Ray. Cool. Yeah. And then, and yeah, especially show the process of getting the lightsaber crystal, uh, by, uh, connecting with it. Yeah. And not so forth. And that would be, well, and if they, work. yeah, if they tied in like even, uh, the planet from Rogue One, even just mentioning it, because that was like a huge, oh yeah, Kyber crystal like export thing. I mean, there's that. There's Ilim. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of places where you can get crystals. Yeah. There's just like, you've got universes. Why not? Why not roll with it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what color she would be. Probably blue is where they want to go. I'm thinking blue or. I think there's a there's a high potential for um, like a yellow or an orange or something. Like we've already seen them change the entire logo just because reasons. So well, no, the logo isn't so much changed because the, the logo was red in for the Revenge of the Sith. Was it? Yeah. Huh. For the advertisement. It's still yellow in the movie, but for the advertisements, right. it's. I guess it was it was yellow in the movie here too, right? Yeah, or was it? It was. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The only time they ever changed the colors was in the Clone Wars, when the center of the episode was for the villains. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Um, did anyone notice the uh, Jedi books? Oh yeah, that Ray had taken them. I I heard a lot of people saying that. I didn't. Really... It's, it it goes by really quickly. You would you can easily miss it. Yeah, I yeah, but it's it it's the in the ship, time. right? It's in the ship. You can briefly see the books in the shelf for a quick second before they close uh-huh. it. Yeah, I thought I saw them the first time, but since it wasn't made a big deal out of I just thought nothing of it but when i saw it the second time and yoda said that everything the knowledge in yeah. the books ray already has and then i'm like oh, okay <laughs> ah, i love yoda <laughs> i think yeah, they... as a force ghost that was an excellent choice um using yoda instead of kenobi obviously from like an actor yes. standpoint too because like obviously his actor has passed away but um yoda was just a cool like hey this is uh this is callbacks and this is a, a fun character and he's one of the few characters that can bring wisdom and humor so i will say that i feel like kenobi should have make a small appearance Mm-hmm. Uh, not as a talking role, but during the end of the scene where they show Luke and Yoda sitting together, I feel like they're, they should have ended that scene with like a shadowy figure appearing next to them, and then they go on to the next scene. You know, that would have been a cool way to end it. Yeah, but, I could be down for that. Um, that scene was actually ended abruptly, because the music did not finish mm. uh, its tune. And that's something that uh, I caught during the movie, and it's kind of annoying me. 
Interesting. Yeah. I do think, and it might have been a deliberate artistic choice because I know that Ryan Johnson, he plays a lot with expectations. Like, um, there was that scene with the iron and... Oh, yeah. And then that another was... one of... I was thinking about it again. So And during the lightsaber battle, there's... During the scene with with the iron, when that thing first started, my mom turned to me and was like, oh, that thing looks like an iron. Yeah, my mom did the and same. And then it's revealed it's my an iron. My grandmother said like... the same thing. They're like, oh, huh. why do they have irons in space? And I'm like, it's not an iron. It's a, it's an iron. <laughs> I was about to say that as well. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, kind of a pointless joke. Kind of... It's, again, it's something like that kind of break, broke the fourth wall to, for me. It's like, okay. I think, yeah. I think that one worked for me, and a lot of the Star Wars humor that people have sometimes been complaining about works for me. But I do see, like, with Poe's conversation with... Um, no, Fox, no, that, like, that went on far too long. Yeah, and that feels like something from a Marvel movie more than from Star Wars. And then there's certain things like... um. In The Force Awakens, Finn has a line. He asks Rey if she has a cute boyfriend. And that just doesn't feel very Star Wars. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. And especially... Boyfriend? Yeah. The reason boyfriend. why uh, the whole uh, Poe and uh, Hux conversation doesn't work is that you're starting the movie off with that whole thing. And that's actually... Oh. To me, that was kind of a, kind of a weak joke to start off yeah. with. I agree. I I mean, it was kind of funny in that, like, that happens way too frequently when I'm, like, Skyping someone. It's like, hey, can can you actually hear me? Are you just, like, messing with me? Like, that was kind of like, oh, I get that. But at the same time, it was also like... eh. It's Star Wars. Yeah, like... Are they really doing this? And yeah, a, another an, another small nitpick here when they first uh, open up the movie. Um, it, normally in Star Wars fashion, they would start off in space, mm-hmm. and then they would go down to the planets. Right. The actual ship itself would go down. Here, they start off in space, zoomed in like on the ships, and then it, suddenly you're on the planet. Uh for me that broke immersion as well because it's like, oh, it's continuity. No, no. <laughs> doesn't work oh yeah and they never said um i've got a bad feeling about this yeah oh well that's fine but the reason why that caught my attention was because it it looked like they were setting something up but it kind of looked like they cut it out for time yeah i could see that yeah so are we ready to move on to the next character yeah uh, Kylo Ren. Let's yeah. Kylo. yeah, I like that. I think they did a better job with him in this movie than they did in the last movie. I like him in this yeah. movie. He, he's... His character is starting to take shape. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, he's become more interesting to watch. And like I said, his romance with Rey is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And then when he killed Snoke, that was another, like, big character moment for him. Yeah, and frankly, like, Nostalgia Critic put it in in the way that, like, it 
that whole scene is is basically um the vader kills uh the emperor, the emperor scene but at the same time when i went to watch it i honestly didn't expect it yeah and the audience cheered when it happened uh, right and it's followed up by a big epic fight yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Fight it's, it's tons of fun and it's like it's one of those i don't know that they've necessarily ever done something quite that big in star wars like they've had you know Anakin turns to the dark side in episode 3, but everyone knew that was coming, and then even with Darth Vader's redemption, mm-hmm. it was still... There was enough leading up to it. Whereas yeah. with this one, it was just very sudden, and... and it's, it's a good choice, but then again, we'd have, we know nothing about Snoke, which w- would be fine, except he's such an influential character to these other characters because he was one reason why Kylo Ren to the dark side and we still know nothing about that he he seems to be some kind of political rival to Leia and uh, we just still don't know much about that at all and now that his character is dead it's like okay so he's obviously this powerful being who can uh, use the force from across you know away and do it in such a very uh, controlling way. But he is killed off easily, and it's like, okay, so who is this guy? And I I feel like we're probably not going to get that in the next movie, because I don't know how. And, like, just from, like, a a moviegoer standpoint, we lost Andy Serkis, dude. Like, I'm, I'm so sad. So, I'm just guessing... And something, if they're not going to address his character in the movie, they have to address his character in a, an, upcom- a, an upcoming book or something. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise, it's going to be really a no-no. Well, and I'm, I'm sure they'll probably bring him in for something, like, animated or, I don't know, even just referencing him in something would be almost enough. And I do, like... It does play with your expectations a little bit of, and I think that's something that Ryan Johnson does, even like narratively. Like, yeah, I mean it's it's one of those genuinely surprising moments, um, but yeah, I think the character was still lacking. One thing I did like about Snoke, um, I really liked how you know in the Force Awakens you think he's he's this super tall person. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. see him. You see him in this one, and you're like, "Oh no, he's normal human size." And then when you see him right by Ray, you're like, "Oh wait, he's actually quite a bit larger." Yeah, just even not still. as much as you thought. Right. Yeah. Well, and like another thing was, okay, this threw me off. I didn't like the golden robes. I just didn't. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think if he had black robes on or like gray like he had kind of in like the hologram type of thing so to me i I didn't really mind the robe so much because i feel like the color contrast between the red and the gold was actually a nice color but yeah i do see that his gold color just makes him look like uh either way that they had a nostalgic critic with him you know with chest hair and a smoke pipe (laughs) yeah like it 
I don't know. I uh, yeah. it, it wasn't something that like destroyed the movie for me, but it was just like it really does look like he's just in a bathrobe or something. Like he doesn't look as menacing. <laughs> also, you know, he has this black ring on his finger, which Matthew, you have your book. Oh, yeah. I will look that up as you continue to converse. Yes, have you noticed the black ring? I didn't notice it, but I'm looking for it right now. It's it's another oh, like no. cool aspect that ties into Rogue One again. Um, Matthew, would you like to explain? Oh, it's from um, beneath Vader's castle from Rogue One, so. We don't know what that's all about. It seems like a cool thing that I hope to see in the future. Yeah, that would be... Maybe we'll get a Snoke origin movie. I was, I was, I was about to say that. We need a Snoke origin movie. Maybe the Han Solo movie is secretly a Snoke origin movie. Hey, to be fair, if we're getting a Boba Fett movie for a character that barely appeared on, on screen, I think we can get a Snoke one. Yeah. So back to Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. So he no longer has his uh, mask. Yeah, yeah that I, was that's a really choice. that's a really good decision. I think. I think that he needs. Well, to it's be sad different. that we don't have the cool-looking uh, helmets. That it's so Star Wars, but you know, it does make sense for us. Yeah, it, it. It's like okay, well, okay. I'm not Vader. I I can be better than him was kind of like the yeah thought that I got from it. It's, you know, his line, kill the past. Yeah. But the, and, but like, the seems that he wants to stay away from the dark side. I mean, the Sith yeah. training. And that, yeah. that was what really helped his character, I think, is that now he's centered around that philosophy. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, you know, yeah. And it's a complete 180 from what he did in the last movie, which was obsess over Darth Vader. Yeah. I'm but, it's still, but it still feels like he now has a direction as a character. He now has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and I, I'm, I hope to... I hope to see more of him. Uh, see what's up with him in the next movie. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and that shirtless scene. <laughs> oh, man, that thing's been uh, on my Twitter feed for the past month or the so. Swolo. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, being in a Jedi Club does uh, wonders for your meme knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's getting old. Eh, I'm still laughing about it, so... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know so, what that says about me. I found it like an odd choice the way they shot the scenes between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. Uh, it was really cool, and it's kind of like, oh, that's convenient. You don't need the other actor on set. It really, like, it uses... And I think that Ryan Johnson, in his direction, you see a lot of Hitchcock. And that sort of takes sort of this idea of the shot reverse shot to its extreme mm -hmm. of, like you're tying two entirely separate locations and obviously separate locations but you're tying them together 
through simple shot reverse shot. It, I mean, they could have used special effects and done all of these cool. You tricks, know, the rain. But, yeah, it, it's so powerful because it's so simple. And I, I guess another thing, um, the sort of the show don't tell, or not show don't tell, the Hitchcock said that whenever you want to build suspense rather than have surprise, so that's what um, the lightsaber scene with Kylo Ren and Snoke was very much building the suspense. Mm. Rather than just having, oh no, Snoke is dead, what happened? Yeah, there's a sense of tension, and uh, that's very, very much something that Alfred Hitchcock would have done. True, true. Yep, yep. Um, also, it was an interesting note to see, like, because obviously in the last movie, uh, he committed patricide, and in this movie, he was given the opportunity to kill his mother, who. In my humble opinion, based on what I know of their past, which is very little, um, it seems like his dad was like, hey, no, don't train with Luke. Just, like, stay with us. And his mom was like, no, 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 you should. And that's when things go south. Um, so it seems like his mom is more to blame for it, which I, I just thought was interesting. But um, yeah. more on to my point, he decides not to kill her even though this new philosophy about killing the past or letting it die is running through his veins, it's it's more like he's realizing that that isn't a completely valid philosophy, even if it's a slow realization. Yeah, and I think that's what's very interesting about his character is that you know, like any person has these um, hypocrisies and inconsistencies in their personal beliefs, and that's one of the mm -hmm. places where Kylo has it, is like, you know, kill the past, but I don't want to kill my mom. Yeah, yeah. And then also, he's, you know, if you take his philosophy to the logical extreme, he should be burning down the First Order, but he's keeping that. So it's very... Interesting right. to see those right. inconsistencies. Well, and also like he—he he definitely isn't burning down the first order and stuff, um, like you said. But he—he's almost using that as a vehicle to change things, and I think it could be cool if like it does kind of end with Kylo and Ray joining forces to be like, okay. Um, this stuff was bad and like straight up changing the way people think kind of, well if i were to compare it to anything it would be like a zuko storyline yeah uh, i feel but, like we're past that at this point i don't know i do and i would I, I i i feel like if you were to do that in the next movie it just it would undermine the whole character change of these whole setup here maybe I think what will be interesting is if Kylo lives through this trilogy, seeing where he is in 20 or 30 years when he is the past. Mm. 
sort of what his and he might not survive this trilogy so we may never get to see that but true so is that all on Kylo um trying to think if there's anything else um oh just an interesting thing between Kylo and Rey um the the whole concept of the force um buffing both sides so like as one grows more powerful the other grows more powerful um it's an interesting concept that i kind of struggled with because that's not really what we've seen in the past i don't think um everybody in this new trilogy that uses the force is like it seems like 10 times more powerful than we've ever seen which obviously part of that is due to uh, time Limitate, yeah. uh, constrictions yeah. But even, like, I don't know, even in, like, animated stuff and in um, a lot of old canon, it was, like, there are certain people that are definitely more powerful or have worked more towards being powerful, but we don't see as many people that are just, like, straight-up powerful, like Rey and kind of like Kylo. Obviously, we don't have a, a full training background for Kylo, but we know that he was always pretty powerful. Um, I, the only like solace I could find was that um, after the after the um, return of the Jedi um, Anakin as Vader did end up bringing balance to the force um, to some degree because okay so because he was born of the force and he lived a life of both Jedi and Sith and then when he died he was kind of Jedi well like he was good he definitely wasn't evil but he definitely wasn't really a Jedi either like he he was in the middle he was balance um and so at that point i feel like that kind of can explain why now both sides of the force are kind of receiving these like if your enemy is powerful you're powerful um and uh, mostly i'm bringing this up because the 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 scene where they destroy um anakin's lightsaber um, because they're so both Kylo and Rey are balanced in the force and so they're trying to pull this lightsaber towards the and it, it breaks and one I think that's just a cool looking scene um, two it it does show that like force balanced thing um, three it sets Rey up for having to make a lightsaber which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and four, it reinforces the theme of let the past die, kill it if you have to. Um, which is, <laughs> the more and more I think about it, the more I keep thinking, is that Kylo telling us that or is that Disney telling us that? Not really sure. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what happens next. 
Yeah. And I I do I really like the um the idea of sort of the balance of the force and how it's sort of played out. So yeah, I'm interested to see what happens, especially since um since Kylo has sort of rejected the way of the Sith. Yeah. What is that going to mean? Or is he still fighting for the dark side just under a different sort of category? Mm. Yeah, I do believe that the current Star Wars universe is heading towards balance because if you look towards the uh, most of uh, the current season of Rebels, uh, they were pushing, you know, balance in the fourth really hard. It's, you know, you need both sides to open this one box or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting. It's 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 an interesting concept and in how that works, and I hope to see that more of that in the future. Uh, another thing about Kylo Ren's character, they thought was an an odd choice. It was during the flashback scene when he and uh, when uh, Luke was about to kill him. Mm-hmm. So he here's here's the way I'm seeing this. So he wakes up, sees his master with a lightsaber. He uh, takes a swing at him. Uh, oh destroys his house and then what he does next is apparently he kills a bunch of younglings destroys the jedi temple and leave yeah i i I wish that we could see where his uh, rationale behind all of that (laughs) came in and i do feel like there should have been a lot more time spent in the flashback show the actual darkness of the of the training Mm -hmm. Show him being darker. Uh, show what happens. Uh, it's it's a basic storytelling thing called uh, show don't tell, mm-hmm. which is they mainly told in this movie. I do wonder though, that may be something that they explore a lot later, because Luke is unconscious for every for all of that aftermath. So I wonder, was Kylo the only one responsible, or did maybe Snoke come in? And well, Snoke had an influence yeah. on Kylo Ren. We we so, heard that. So I wonder if you know if Snoke actually like showed up, and that's what happened to the Jedi Temple. Mm. Because and you know that's something that they would obviously have to go into in a different movie. No, I don't know. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> I okay. So this is this is my thought because I think that's a really good point to bring up. Um, but I feel like what they'll end up doing is this next movie, just based on like just the feedback that they're getting from this one. I think a lot of people really liked Kylo in this movie. I'm expecting him to get like some like Anakin level flashbacks, um, like where he's meditating or something um to try to like fuel his anger i don't really know and um like he keeps getting these like flashbacks of memories of killing um other jedi in training and friends yeah like i feel like that's a thing that's that we're going to almost have to see um just because like so far, um, he's kind of just been, oh, this is this is the bad guy, um, with like little snippets of reason to why he's the bad guy and stuff. But like, 
more than ever, it feels like he could be a good guy, but the world around him hasn't let him be. Um, and so I think in the next movie, they're going to reinforce some of that rationale of, okay, so this is, this is why you... Um, decided after your master kind of considered killing you to kill everybody um, in your near vicinity. I think that would be intelligent and worth exploring on their part. I don't know. It is a it is an interesting thing to bring up though. Like why? <laughs> I don't know. If I had woken up to somebody holding a lightsaber over me. I would definitely like go in for like a swing, but then I would probably be more run away than let's kill everything. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me though. Yeah. There's some like unseen elements that should have been seen, I guess. Yeah. Um so let's uh move on to some other character. Well let's talk about Luke. I I feel like we should save that big conversation okay. towards the end. Yeah. So, um, let's transition over to Finn. Alright. I feel like he's still feeling a bit like a diversity hire. Like, he hasn't done... His, his, plot, his side plot with Rose felt like, hey, let's get the token characters out of the so way. So, he's, he's pretty much his entire character arc is uh, running away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from things, and here, you know, he he finally takes up a stand against uh, the whole Captain Phasma, which we can talk about that in a, in a <laughs> bit. Uh, and I do feel like that his character probably should have died at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. I feel like hmm. that moment would have brought his character a whole lot, like. It, it doesn't work with the bigger themes of the movie, which um, I'll, I'll bring those up later because that's a whole different discussion. But I feel like they had the perfect opportunity to send his character off in a way that felt good, but they kind of missed it. Mm. Instead, they push it off for some message about, uh, we don't fight what we hate, we... Uh, save what we love. Yeah, and kind of it ties in with the themes of the movie, which I'll bring up in more detail later, but I do feel like the character wasn't doing anything. Mm. And so, you know, when, usually when a character isn't doing anything, that's the perfect opportunity to give them a final moment. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I think you guys are right. I, well, I don't know about the whole... Maybe sacrifice yourself for the, the good of everybody else. That that wouldn't be a bad way to go. But I think because he's one of the few characters that actually interacts with our protagonist, Rey, um, who she actually should care about, um, unlike most everybody in this movie, by the way, um, <laughs> uh I, I feel like they're, they can easily tie a lot of emotional baggage to his death. Like, maybe he did die in this episode, and that kind of is one of the last straws that kind of tears her, um, maybe pushes her a little bit more towards the dark side, makes her stagger in her step, 
brings up some sort of morality. Yeah. I don't know. And I would say, unless they're planning on going with the um, romance with Finn, I don't think, or Finn and Poe, I don't honestly see any way that his character is going that's to be a, I feel like that's more of a one-way romance. Yeah, and obviously you they, can did, see that they here. didn't do anything with it, I think, and... It, it was subtle. Yeah, it was very subtle, but I think that if they aren't going to do anything with that, then there's no real reason to keep Finn alive because he he feels like it's awesome that they're trying to expand the um, types of characters that can be main characters in Star Wars movies, but they haven't really given Finn anything to do. So he still feels like a token character. Yeah. So... There's also, in this movie, there's a lot of action that don't actually serve their goal. Or they do, but they don't actually uh, come out with anything. Well, yeah, like the whole... And, and, and so that action just becomes pointless. Uh, the whole counterbite, the whole journey going to uh, counterbite to get the code breaker, get the code breaker, uh, free the uh, deer-looking thing, uh, Oh yeah. go on the spaceship, uh, to go through, converse all this thing... And your main goal is to turn off this thing, but you don't actually get to turn off the thing, and so then you you don't gain anything. So yeah. that was pointless. And and then the second time is the whole battle of crate. So the, these these things are flying. They're not even shooting anything. They're like, okay, we're gonna uh, line up, uh, try to destroy that battering ram. Like, oh crap, we're, we're it's too powerful. Let's turn away. Um, you know, then you know Finn. He has a he has a moment to make it worth something, but no, Rose comes in, uh, just just knocks him away. The battering ram breaks on the door, and so that entire sequence uh, was pointless. Yeah, and uh, that sequence I felt had a that sequence had some good parts in it, unlike the whole Canto bite thing, which was um, just very very pointless. I mean, I love like the the establishing shots like when they show the whole place and then with all of the different creatures inside the casino those are really cool but the storyline there itself is really it, it feels too prequel and for me i feel like the pod racing scene did a better job than uh, what they had here because after the pod race they got what they wanted. They got, they won. They got the parts they needed, and then they moved on. Here, they tried, they failed, and then they don't stumble on yada yada whole mumble jumble. Hey, this other character comes. Yeah, in, you know? and yeah, and okay. So this is one minor thing. Sorry to like butt in for this specific part, but um. The the alien that finds the uh, the ship on the beach. Why. Why. Why speak English? Why was that the choice? It's I'm not because opposed he, to it. But he's like played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, so they have to yeah. give him a role. But oh. yeah, and also I don't think they really wanted to put subtitles no, no, no. on this movie. I don't think they should have. I think he should have been speaking in a different language. And then when they cut to um, them being, like, arrested, it'll be like, 
oh, they did something wrong, even though they're the good guys, and yeah. this is what they get for it. It's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they're not being super careful, and they probably should be. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I, and yeah. beyond that, like a, a, like a southern, like, Texas accent. Yeah. Like, it, and... it, it just took away the immersion. And that whole scene is very, like, that whole part, I don't know, especially, like, with the um, creatures running wild, I don't know their names, and yeah. um, it's just, like, uh, it's, it's the most... The Fathers? Yeah. Something yeah. like that? And it's the most, um, it's prequel in, like, the bad sense. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's it feels very childish. And it it doesn't really have any consequence, and there's a lot of CGI and very obvious CGI, and it just sort of it takes you out of the movie. So the only thing that I can see good that came out of the whole counterbite thing was to show you know how the first order uh, got their weapons and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that was a really good. Thing yeah. of like these arms dealers, but that, that could that could have been done better. Yeah, to be honest. And I mean that's one of the interesting things. I feel like that though fits in Rogue One more than it fits in here. Sort of like both sides are being supplied by these arms dealers. Yeah, because I, I don't I think the the Last Jedi didn't do anything with it, whereas Rogue One was very much about the darkness on both sides right whereas this one is i mean this one isn't not about the darkness on both sides but it's a lot more cut and dry than rogue one was yeah so i'm gonna make the same complaint that i made for the last jedi is that um for the whole thing with the counterbite they they're they're the really the only reason why they have that was to show off um all of cool looking alien de- designs my issue with the new designs is that I don't mind that we have new looking alien characters mm-hmm. the problem is there's still a universe with the same alien species that I want to see them populate because they are the most native in most things you know a Rodian most commonly in any place uh, even a Twi'lek, uh, a Togruta uh, and all those other species, they they travel around space. They went to a bunch of places, and I don't see them anywhere here. It, it kind of feels like, oh, this is not the same universe as we had before. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's a small nitpick. All you need is just one Rodian to have there. And that's all I want, just yeah. one Rodian. And I think, it's, I think part of that is the temptation of you get to work on Star Wars, so you know, do as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do agree that, you know, we've seen a lot of new alien species, and it would be nice to see callbacks. And th- those are the types of callbacks that work well, because it expands the universe rather than, um, you know, two well, random characters from A New Hope it's, showing it's up not in so much. It's not so much as as a callback. It's more like this universe doesn't feel as lived in as it was before. Yeah. Yeah, it, and yeah. 
hopefully that's one thing that I mean and and, and you know uh, and I I it's hard to, it's hard for me I I can't really uh you know give examples by going into saying like oh these species are everywhere in rebels and clone wars I can't really do that because you know animation budget you know they can't just be constantly creating new species they have to reuse the same asset so yeah that makes sense but here if, if it's the same universe i don't see where why these characters aren't around <sighs> yeah yeah i can get that and also counterbite kind of feels too much like vegas and not its own thing yeah i do it does um it does feel the most like earth like of anything in this movie um and i i don't know i i like the setting itself but i do think that what they did there wasn't really all that interesting yeah i would have to agree i mean and it's all very pretty but yeah maybe and i think they should have done more to make it obvious that you know this is one area on this giant desert planet yeah like really be besides the one shot um that you get from space of it there's no indication of that so if you aren't paying really close attention you don't even notice that true true well and that that whole scene like so that was another one that i initially struggled with because it was like it felt very politically like forced like oh rich people are bad um because they abuse animals and they have money it's like well yeah it's it's pushing an agenda right and and that's the way initially i looked at it um when i watched it a second time i struggled with that and i came to this conclusion um this scene in the whole theme of um balance is the concept of um excess um like everything in moderation should be how it works um with luke's whole scene of going around and like um getting milk and fish and things like that he's not taking more than he needs he's apparently going out each day and getting what he needs that day and living off of that whereas in um in this scene um we're seeing people feasting um and animals being mistreated now if they had just shown those animals being raced without them being whipped or hurt or anything it wouldn't have been as bad and that's that's kind of the point that i'm seeing is that like because they were desiring too much and consuming so much that was the bad part about it but that definitely wasn't the way it was framed so that was kind of a problem with the movie i think there's a way to think past the problem but that was definitely a concern for me at the time yeah 
and it feels very forced. Like, I think Rose as a character has a good backstory, but just the way that it was worded and said, it felt like it was it felt like it was trying to push an agenda and not just incorporating something from the real world into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. A lot of her stuff was very cheesy. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. like and it's really unfortunate because you there are very few um Asian characters in big movies and even fewer Asian women. And the fact that you know this character a lot of the character just didn't you know, the lines that were written, the dialogue, it just didn't feel good. And so, and they kind of, you know, they took their two minority representation characters and set them on their own plot line. Yeah. You know, just to have, got them out of the way of, yeah, Yeah. got them out of the way of the main story. So that, right. And I feel like at least watching, John Boyega I I like his acting and I I like from the interviews I've seen he seems like a cool person I feel like he was very underutilized as a character in this I don't know Rose was just not important yeah and and that's like when you look back at Rogue One all of the characters even the minority characters they had these roles and they you know they had presence and they did important things and then here you know the entire canto bite scene it doesn't lead to anything uh-huh yeah i i'm i'm with you there like it was cool to see a new planet but eh. it does however so... fulfill the um requirement that every star wars movie has to have a giant monster in it yeah. True. So, like, Canto Bites, like, a couple weeks before the movie, they released a book called Tales of Canto Bites, where, you know, a, def- a bunch of different characters, you know, uh, having their life on Canto Bites. And that was actually a fun read, you know. People were excited for Canto Bite. But it, you don't actually see much of that in the movie, um, which is a shame because, you know... Mm-hmm. It's cool to see the planet, but there's really no point in it. Yeah. Oh, I did. Since we are talking about Rose now, um, I guess this can kind of be our transition. Um, to Rose. I do really like her storyline with her sister was really touching. And then mm-hmm. um, yeah. sort of how she's geeking out about seeing Finn. That was all... Uh, that was interesting to see, sort of like... It was cute, but it didn't seem to actually fit continuity yeah. for me. And that's the question of, you know, how much time passes in this movie. It isn't really all that clear. Yeah. Um, a- Another nitpick is the symbolism of the yin and yang. Yeah, that, that was one thing that was like, okay, that it, it's not like pushed to the forefront. Like, hey... We're doing this, but it was like, okay, this is a necklace that fits with another necklace, kind of like those heart things, but for sisters. And uh, it's very similar to another symbol that just so happens to go along with the theme of the movie. So, 
And we cool. know that that was subtle. And then kind of. Yeah. And then you know there was a scene later in the movie uh, when Luke's talking to Ray, and there's this small little pool of water, and in it in it you have the yin and yang symbol much more clearly defined and it's like oh okay now you're pushing it movie yeah 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 so rose they they could have handled her character better of course and yeah especially and at the end with her like you know getting poe out of the way that she kind of ruined that moment, or not Poe Finn. Um, mm-hmm. She ruined that moment for Finn, and then she had this whole like little, we should save each other instead of fighting the things that we hate. And you know, it's a nice message, but the way it was worded and the way that it sort of happened, and, it, and you force a small little romance there. Yeah, and like the the unrequited love thing is always fun to see. Especially, when, I saw that coming yeah. from the very beginning. But yeah, it was it was very unnaturally forced into that moment. Yeah. It, well, okay. This is the thing. I don't think it would have been as bad of a moment if they didn't kiss. Cause if it was just, we need to be saving what we what we love. Could you even call that a kiss? It was. It was a kiss. It was a peck. Well, yeah, but even still, she was about to pass out because reasons. So. Oh, she should probably be, be dead or something. Or something. But, like, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to her being dead. Um, but. I feel bad for the actress. Yeah, I mean, she seems like a nice lady, but just. She, she deserves a better character. Yeah. And hopefully she gets it in the next movie. But, and I don't think, oh yeah, I, I don't think it's the actress's fault. No, I, I, I would have no. to agree. So uh, I guess continuing with the whole counterbite thing, oh. we should probably go to DJ for a bit. Don't join I, oh, I that's mean, his name. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's continuing the Star Wars tradition started by Rogue One of a um, highly respected actor coming into Star Wars and doing a weird thing with his voice and it not working out. We did that in Rogue One. Forrest Whitaker. Yes. No, I feel like his voice was fine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Save the rebellion. Forrest Whitaker's voice was less um less distracting than yeah. um, the weird snake list. As stutter that yeah. just wasn't very consistent. Yeah, yeah that. Mm, yeah. It, it was like every... another thing. It's also very convenient that they just run into another oh, yeah. master cutbreaker. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering, so what's he doing laying in jail when he can just open the door automatically? Well, and this was, this was my thought, is I thought, like, that was going to be him. Like, oh, they stumbled upon him because they were looking for this guy, but that was just so that they could find him. Or maybe um, the guy that had the red thing, flower, 
I was hoping for that. I was yeah. like, oh, well, maybe he won it in a gamble, and that's why this dude's in jail and whatever. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, it, it removes the specialness of the master codebreaker if there's two of them. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and, and, you know, they just double upon him, and he's like, uh... Yeah. Is there one in every jail, every jail in the galaxy? Well, who knows? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have I like, much to say about him, but... I mean, I like how he betrays them. Yeah. And how yeah. they're very surprised by that, but... I mean, the voice and the coincidences and everything, it just... it The character didn't really stay in my mind. There wasn't any staying power there. I feel like he should have been the one who saved the characters. Yeah, that would have also been... But also, I don't want to ever see him again, so... Mm, okay. So I don't know. I I feel like we could, just a small little yeah maybe maybe part. Like, like Jar Jar Binks in Revenge of the Sith. One line, excuse me. <laughs> yes. Or uh, I don't know. Even um, like we didn't really have Moz in this one. Oh yeah. But we also yeah. kind of did something small. Her cameo was kind of uh obviously pushed to be a cameo but I mean yeah it, it didn't that one didn't bother me no not not as much but it's still it is kind of like uh it's not really important yeah. especially since we haven't really established I thought she was supposed to be like a major character for the whole trilogy since she's a bigger actress yeah well, of course, Lupita Nyong'o can't get any work, but... Eh. Okay, um, we should, while we're still on this plotline, we should probably quick jump over to Phasma. I have a thing to say about her. Speaking of disappointment. Continue. Oh, it's even bigger disappointment with me. Uh, you guys can, uh, say your piece. I mean, you got... Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones and they just keep on not using her and it, it's really like either use her or don't and I feel like if they bring her back for the next one I'm going to be a little bit angry um, unless they give her a significant role because at this point She's an advertisement for her book. Yes. Her book... Like, Phasma in her book, a comic book, it's a great character. Her entire character is basically... she. She's like a DJ. She doesn't really take sides. She's not fully into the First Order. She, join, she, she leans towards the side that has the more power, the more threatening of the group and so 
you have all that, and her comic book was awesome. You know, it showed that she escaped the uh, trash camp actor, and that uh, another character discovered that she turned down the shield, and so she just hunted him and killed him so that he wouldn't tell anyone else. And mm. you know, she was actually a threatening character, and so I was kind of excited to see her character in this movie. But they pushed that entire character that was given in the books aside and we get this nothing in this movie yeah yep i mean i mean the uh finn picking up the uh what's it called the the what is it? the the electro yeah it's it's like the tonfa styled thing but anyways that was kind of cool it was like shout outs to him being a traitor it, it was I feel like it, it Phasma should have been the one that said traitor. And so that could be like a bit of a parallel where she had the thing and then this next time he had the thing. Right. Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I, I liked him having that. I don't know why she has a spear and why she felt the need to not just shoot him. And apparently her armor can deflect bullets. I mean, blaster That's bolts. pretty cool. That was like, yeah. hey, that's nice. That makes sense I... why it's so shiny and stuff. But, uh... uh... Get off my painting. Exactly my thought, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Cat. Um, shall we move on to the other plot line? Uh, which one? The whole, oh yes, the whole Poe and, uh, Holdo plot. So, I have a theory about Poe and his character. Um, and I think that as I've been sort of reading different things and listening to different interviews, um, what it looks like is that Leia is sort of training Poe to be the next resistance leader. Of course. So, um... She's throughout the movie. You see, um, oh, let me think. Like the first, the whole first battle. You know, he makes this decision, and it ends up bad. And then um, she demotes him and everything. Um, and that sort of um, then she, I'm, I think she has a plan for him. And so she's sort Which... of been, she's sort of been working out this plan, but then of course she gets, you know, knocked into a coma. Um, and then my thought was that Holdo kind of knows of this plan. So the reason that she doesn't tell Poe any of the plan is to sort of like get him frustrated, and then at the last moment show him what she was planning, and he'll be like, oh that's why you know you don't always charge in head first but then that sort of backfired on her yeah. and I feel like we should have seen some of that in this movie yeah. and uh, yeah. it's and, and they can't really do it that well in the next movie because of course Carrie Fisher was, you know she passed away and Laura Dorn's character is dead now so uh, who knows mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I mean, and then you see Poe has, I think, the best sort of, or at least the clearest character arc 
Because at the beginning... But there's a problem with his arc. Well, yeah. Though. Mm. And I, you can fin fl uh, finish your thought. So, yeah, um, and you know he starts out the movie as like um, he's sort of just a second. So Toa. Hey. So he starts out the movie and he's sort of this headstrong pilot and um, Leia is sort of trying to groom him to be the next leader and then, you know, he makes a lot of hot-headed decisions, um, suffers the consequences of those and then at the end of the movie he, the pilots are rushing towards the laser and Finn is going to run into it and Poe says no. And so he's doing the opposite of what he had done before. And then um, when they're in the cave and he says to follow the foxes, everyone looks back at Leia and she's like, what are you looking at me for? Yeah. He said to follow them. So, yeah. Yeah. And especially this being um, Carrie Fisher's last movie, I assume the next movie will probably start out with like, a statement of some kind addressing that and oh well, hopefully like some kind of funeral type scene yeah yeah exactly um but uh yeah i i don't know like i think you're right i think poe is definitely going to be the next leader um i i like I think that makes sense like the that makes sense as to why Holdo thought it would be right not to tell him and I think it's also that he I think he also wants to be the leader because yeah. if, if you saw the scene you know when they were saying oh like oh Admiral Akbar is dead Leia's in the coma it's like it's obvious who the next leader is like he looks up is like is it gonna be it's like oh it's Holdo it's like oh okay yeah and I mean, when you look at it from that angle, it's it fixes the plot holes, but it doesn't change the fact that those they should have done something more obvious, I feel, to make audience goes go, oh, wait, those weren't plot holes. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like, yeah. I mean, the way that they did it, it made Holdo look really, like, foolish unintelligent and yeah. it made which i don't think her character is unintelligent and i don't think that's yeah. what the movie was trying to say but that's how it comes off i i kind of like saw her being unintelligent like the third time i watched the movie because foe uh, i mean poe specifically asks holdo three times what is the plan and she answers with you're being foolish yeah. Like, yeah, you idiot and kind of thing is like, okay, now I see what's the problem with her character. Yeah. Well, and like but, the the actress in all the interviews, I was like, "Oh, she's in this. She looks like she is fun and stuff. The purple hair is cool." Um and easily probably the most beautiful shot in the movie in my opinion was that mm -hmm. shot of her going full light speed into um 
the it wasn't a star destroyer, but was it technically uh, a star destroyer? I don't know, but it was the like the Snoke's ship, yeah. Ship. Well, she took her time to finally get to that decision. Yeah. Well, and it does bring up a couple problems scientifically, like if ah Star Wars, no science. Th- this is the thing, like. <laughs> I would assume it only destroyed like that part of the ship because it was so close when it jumped. But mm-hmm. at the same time, in the previous movie, we saw um, Han and Chewie going through a shield at light speed just to get there, and like their ship wasn't destroyed. So I think they could explain that a little bit better. I did. Oh, they're not going I watched to. an oh, official but... interview with like. Um, the people behind the continuity and they had done an analysis beforehand to see if it broke any continuity and they decided that it was the um the size of the ships that yeah so they're massive well, okay. that, that was how they explained what happened and then with the force awakens it's like a very specific kind of shield I think right but at the same time but, with yeah. the with the vastness of a galaxy, it, I feel like ships would have to. Well, I mean, course correcting at the speed of light is very hard to do. So either the ship has to already know where it's going, um, like know exactly where not to go, or it has to yeah. be able to go through objects like um, planets and such. And in the extended universe, the um, reason that they don't explore the unknown regions is because there's no hyperspace lanes. So I feel like it does take an immense amount of calculation to be exactly right. So I feel like that's why we haven't seen this happen before. But I do think... And I I, I do believe here, with the uh, uh, unexplored regions is that they're dangerous, and I believe that's where the theories is where Snoke comes from. Yeah. Well, that, that's a different conversation, but... I want to see the, I want to see the Chiss on the screen. <laughs> well, yeah, the... Yeah, I feel like as great as, Char- as Holdo's character was, and I really like Laura Dern in the role, and um, I think when you do an analysis of it, it actually makes a lot of sense. I feel like her whole storyline felt like it had too many plot holes in it. Mm-hmm. I I love I something I noticed is when uh, Poe was uh, committing the mutiny, everyone is just continuing on in the background and they don't even notice what's going on. Yeah, it, it's like ah, they're pointing guns in our leader. We're just gonna continue doing our jobs. Mm. That's an odd yeah. thing. That's that's true. Nobody really cared. It wasn't a big shocker. It was like, okay, we're still gonna keep like leaving, but I guess yeah. I guess Poe can do this. Uh. Also, they were like the Poe's alien friend. I thought he died in the last movie. Oh yeah, I was I was rewatching <laughs> that and like he, somebody that looked very similar to him definitely crashed into a wall. <laughs> so maybe he resurrected. It, maybe it's a different character or oh, something. Oh, dude, I, I know what happened. Okay, so, like, he crashed into the wall, but as he's floating around, he used the Force to fly back to everybody else. Oh! Um, <laughs> makes sense to me. 
Yeah. And that's yeah. the moment that moment with Leia, which I guess we can transition to since not, I was No 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 not oh, yet. Oh not yet? Okay. No no I still have a thing about Poe. Okay. So tell me, what's Poe's uh entire arc, his journey in this whole movie? Well he goes from being a hero to being a leader. Well, yeah, I, I would say he goes from wanting to be the hero to being the leader, not because he strictly wants to, but because he needs to, um, but willing to submit to others at the end of it, willing to listen. I don't know. So here, he, here's the thing. Poe, he has his own comic book series. And uh, here's the problem with his whole arc, this movie. He already learned that arc in the comic book. Mm. But guess what? He learned that arc twice in the comic book. Hey, third time's the charm. So this is the, this is the third time he's learning the same lesson. Mm. So, yeah, they're kind of being lazy here. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm so this is my comment on that. Star Wars needs to stop making comic books. Well, actually, the Darth Vader comic is really cool. I'm not saying it isn't, but if Star Wars really wanted to please the fans and create this whole new canon that works well together and they have freedom with, they need to stop making comics without talking to the directors or getting the okay from directors and stuff. Because this is what happens. This is why they did away with the old canon is because people were just going to be like, hey, this is, this doesn't match up with comics. And frankly... But here's the thing. The entire story of the comics, they are viewed by the Lucas uh, story group. Right. They are like done to make sure there's not too much continuity that's uh, changed. But there's still a couple things that slip by that goes not unnoticed. And it makes sense why you wouldn't see the same uh, story arc where he learns the same lessons. Because there's really no reason why you, you would even look for that. You want to see factual stuff. Okay, did he uh, do this yet? Okay, okay, let's put that here. So, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, the problem with such a big universe is, you know, your characters, they're sort of there are things that make them that character and then if you stray too far from that then people don't feel like it's the same character anymore so you end up with a character learning the same lesson three four five times just because i mean like um with iron man in the marvel universe it feels like he's still learning the same lesson mm -hmm. and he's been in you know, five movies or something. No, six movies. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there any other thing that we can move on to? Uh, let's... Can we talk briefly about General Hux? Um, I heard someone saying that he's a lot like a Monty Python-type character. And I feel like if you look at him that way, he's a lot more bearable. Just sort of... No, kind of, yeah. He's intentionally over the top. I like the way that... I like how he was about to actually shoot 
Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like that small bit, but I do feel like Kylo Ren should have just choked him whenever he just defied him. Yeah, and I mean, it's a it's one of those cases of you have a really great actor, but the character he's being asked to play doesn't have that much screen time, and there isn't much the, that much complexity to it. So you end up with a character kind of like Finn, where what's the purpose? The only thing that we really know about Hux is about his father and grandfather. You can just read the books about how they were the ones who created the uh, First Order from the ashes of the Empire. Okay. It's a great read. Uh, Aftermath is the book series that explains kind of how all of this goes down. Yeah. Check it out. Not sponsored. <laughs> so, shall we move on to the characters we've been saving? Leia! So, Ooh. yeah, I feel like her moment with the Force, for me, that moment didn't break it anything for me. I I was just so happy that they didn't kill her off in that moment. But I definitely see how that to some people wasn't as impactful as it should have been it, it just looks the way they shot it I think is one of the basic problems they made they shot it and made her look like she's Superman or Mary Poppins yeah the way she's just flying through the air just going in straight uh, kind of like that the reason why that whole scene bugs me is not that she survived the blast it's not that she survive space because you know it makes sense if she's force sensitive you know the force sometimes can shield you from that stuff my problem is that how easily she just uh lifted her hand and got back to the ship yeah with the force i understand the whole power of the force but the force has limits and i point to like very specific examples uh first example is plo Koon in the clone wars uh can't really use that one because he's an alien and so his biology doesn't really work but there's an episode in Rebels where their main Jedi character gets uh, blown out into the space and for him it's a real struggle because he's losing oxygen he uh, he has to get back to the ship quickly he's also freezing to death really quickly and so he's using the force very uh struggling he's almost dying and he gets back in the nick of time here there doesn't really seem to be much in terms of consequences she's just like uh flies to the ship mm -hmm. no no struggle whatsoever that's my problem it, it's not that she survived all that it's just that there's no continuity for that small bit yeah and it when you look at the moment in context of the plot, it doesn't actually serve any purpose. It could have just been that, you know, Leia wasn't on the bridge for that moment when it got shot. And it wouldn't have changed anything except that now Leia would have been conscious for the plot, so they would have to find... It, I, think, I think, you know, it's basically just done for Kylo Ren to... Yeah. But Kylo Ren's action doesn't really matter in that moment either because, you know, she still gets blown out of the bridge anyways. 
So it's it's one of those moments where the character's actions didn't actually impact the story. Also, Wei's yeah. character in this, you know, it's it was kind of odd watching her because we all know that the actor actress passed away. So yeah, and I feel like they should have taken out the fake out just yeah because it it. it, it Cause it just seemed like wrong. It's like it, her character's dead. She's a corpse in space. Like what? They're actually doing that? Yeah. It c- kind of seems demeaning for her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure how they could have put her into a conscious or something, um, any other way. But I feel like there could have been something better. But uh, I would say the rest of her character, besides that, is actually really, like, strong in this movie. Yeah, she is. Uh, there's one other uh, issue with continuity. Um, so the ships track the other ship through hyperspace. Right. Uh, the issue with that is the actual response of the characters. They tracked us through hyperspace. That's impossible. Um, there's so many examples where, in Star Wars, where another ship tracked another ship through hyperspace mm-hmm. because, you know, they were tracking the ship with a beacon or something. There was an actual tracker on the mm-hmm. ship. I'm, I'm surprised, you know, that they their first instinct is like, Oh no! They were. They must put a tracker on us. I, their first response: They trackers through hyperspace. Oh, that's impossible. Well, they just did it. Well, that doesn't seem right. I feel like somewhere there was misinformation where, um, what's impossible is not that uh, they tracked him through hyperspace. What was impossible was they tracked it without actually having a physical beacon on them. Yeah. Which I I feel like they did not get that point across at all, which they never mentioned that. And so that just breaks a lot of continuity throughout the entire Star Wars universe. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they should have driven that thing home. And, like, it was cool to see them bringing something back up from uh, Rogue One. I I sound like a nerd. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, the Rogue One uh, tie-in was actually a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, anything else about Leia? I I feel like Le- I. There's not too much to say about her character beyond that, just because that's taken up so much of the conversation. Yeah, there's nothing much left to say about her character. Except uh, how they're going to rebuild the whole rebellion in the next movie, which... The next movie needs to have uh, Lando back. Yeah, I hope that they... Because, because they, at this point, they don't have any more original characters. And uh, Chewie. the original plan... I mean, yeah, Chewie, but... He doesn't speak English. The, the original plan was that each movie... There was supposed to be a lead for a specific character. The Force Awakens, Han Solo was the lead. This movie is uh, Luke. And the next movie was where Leia was supposed to uh, 
be her big character and like uh, lead on to put down the mantle. But with Carrie Fisher gone, you that whole plan and symmetry is broken, and so you can't really do that. And now with uh, Luke's character being gone, it's like, okay, we don't really have our characters. So they need to bring back uh, Lando, and uh, it makes sense that they would bring him back, especially since uh, they sent the whole message like, oh, join us, we're in help. And they said that a bunch of people heard the message. So if Lando heard the message, he should come back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like we just need I feel like Luke is going to come back in the next movie as a farce ghost. Yeah. I think just if nothing else, something audible. Um yeah. one thing that happened in The Force Awakens that I found out through several different people's analyses, um, was the the two most prominent voices in Ray's like whole vision thing are um, the original Obi-Wan from the original trilogy and uh, Ewan McGregor at the end saying these are your first steps as, um, as it fades out um, hmm? something like even just like a whisper in her talk or in her like meditations or whatever or something like that um would even be nice but i think yeah seeing a force ghost would be good again it also could be cool if luke shows up to kylo as a force ghost and just kind of annoys him yeah because uh, he kind of did say he would or something of similar caliber I uh, I think now is the, is the perfect time to transition to the Luke Skywalker. Luke. Um. So let's get this uh, thing out of the way. Was his character in character? I feel like it kind of reminded me of Tron Legacy, where yeah, you know, you have a character who is very who learned to be active, and then in between the movies has become passive and now has to relearn to be active. Um, I mean, it didn't bother me, but I'm also not, uh, like, Star Wars purist, so. I, I would say I could take it either way. Like, I think that, no, it makes sense why he would be like this, you know, he's a, he failed a Padawan, his own nephew, his entire Jedi temple was destroyed, younglings killed, like, uh, it, it makes sense, you know, uh, and that's the basic thing that the Jedi's did. Uh, Yoda and uh, Obi Wan they w both went into hiding. Uh, it makes sense why he would go into the hiding, but the reason why it would be out of character is because Luke Skywalker is supposed to be the most optimistic of the of the of the of the group. And uh, Mark Hamill did say that Luke Skywalker he probably would sulk for, like sulk around for a year or two, but he would eventually you know get himself back up because again luke is the most optimistic character right. so either way it it fits in a way but it also doesn't fit and uh i just wish you know uh Mary jade i just want that so my opinion of it um just like what matt said was i i don't know my opinion is that tron legacy did it better um i'm not 
opposed to this whole thing. Like, in the original trilogy, of course, we see two Jedi that have run and hid. But they were a little bit more justified. Like, Luke might have been killed. Um, but it... There was no Order 66 placed against him. It was like, yeah, this guy is valuable, but like... Eh? Like, it, it didn't seem as important to them. I don't know. But, um... I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you in the fact that he just seemed too unsure, and it seems like okay, one of his one of his um, apprentices failed him and killed the others. Um, so so he should be like, oh, I'm so terrible, but then like man up and go deal with it in like a week, maybe. I do feel maybe less. I do feel what is in character is that um, Luke sort of overestimated what he was able to do in starting this new Jedi Temple. Yeah. Um, I feel, you know, Luke has sort of always been like, oh, you're the powerful Jedi and you're going to save the galaxy. So I feel like that whole part was in character. And then... I feel like we're missing an entire story, though, of how Luke realizes, it's... "Oh, I can't do this." So, see, yeah, here, here's here, and here is my, uh, here, here's one reason why I feel like uh, it wasn't his character wasn't received as well is that we never really got to see his journey into where he was now. Um, we just, it's just a complete opposite from what he was um, from Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, like he's very optimistic he's gonna he's a jedi now he's gonna start his own academy to where we are now it's like oh a jedi must die uh shun shun mm -hmm. and we never got to see that progression yeah. like we never got to see it was like i i failed him uh, and then he, we never got really we never really got to see all, all of that journey so that's yeah that's why yeah i i agree and like frankly the current trilogy is not bad, but it it is, it's like they're excluding the more like exciting parts of the story, and that can be a really good storytelling device. But until the third movie, it's just kind of a, it feels more like a missed opportunity than anything. Yeah, I guess I'm more bummed out that Mark Hamill just just fundamentally disagreed with where they took his character. Yeah. And I do think this is actually on Disney. I think that they should have, you know, as soon as Mark Hamill was saying bad things about the character, I felt like they should have sat him down and said, "Hey, you can't do that because you're I think they the did. Panic. Well, yeah. And he's recently said that he's changed his mind, but for a while there I feel like Disney wasn't quite on the ball. And that's I, yeah, I think and... that's most of the fans' problems with where what they did with Luke is that Mark Hamill has problems with it. Well, also another thing is that there's there's a clip of him, you know, after the very premiere of the movie where Mark Hamill just looks devastated after watching the movie. And it's like, "Oh, what is he devastated about?" 
And then the theory is probably like, oh, I guess they didn't tell Mark Hamill that Luke Skywalker died at the end. So. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that they would have kept that from him. I mean, I, I, it's it's nothing yeah. new because they they always do that to Star Wars. And it may have been, I mean, it may have been seeing it in action. He didn't think, or it may have been something like, you know, the one of the things in the credits is, you know, it's in memory of Carrie Fisher. So, you know, that kind of bums people out as well. So I feel like it it's jumping a little bit too far to conclusions to say that he didn't know. But it isn't out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I'm just wondering what's going through his head through that sad clip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's actors know their characters probably better than anyone else, and obviously the the people that wrote the characters have a specific direction. But the actors are are the experts in emotions for the characters, and I think they took they made a very cool new character for Luke, and this is kind of what I saw for Leia too. But when I watch it, I don't think oh, that's Luke Skywalker, or, oh, that's Leia. Like, I I think, oh, these are older generation people that have kind of lost their way, and they're trying to do their best, but, like, eh. It, It doesn't ruin the story for me, because these new characters are still good characters, but they're just not the same. And I, I don't know. I think they could have done better, especially with Luke. Um, Leia didn't have a huge character arc in the first series, anyways. Um, and most of that character arc was with Han. So like, him being out of the picture, kind of. But I don't know. Like Han was. I, I Han was the only I one do... that I thought in the last movie to be. Han. I don't know. So I do feel like the old, the original characters, that they're at their best when they're interacting with another original character. Mm. Uh, like when Han and Leia were interacting, like that's a great scene. And then when Luke and Leia were interacting here, and that's that's another beautiful scene. And you, you gotta love that there's this whole history and chemistry there. And like you don't really get any of that with these new characters because you don't you you haven't gone through that whole history with them as we did here. Mm. Yeah. Um. I mean, one of the concerns with this new trilogy is in thirty years when you know Star Wars Episode whatever and Finn and Rose hop on to. I don't know, some random ship and, you know, Rose, we're home. Is everyone going to be as excited as they were for this new trilogy to see the old characters come back? I kind of feel like uh, they, they don't, Disney doesn't really know where they're even going to take the story at this point. That the story is just being written as they go on. They just don't know what the overall end goal is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's 
it's awkward because like obviously they want to appeal to the older generation Star Wars fans and they want to make a story that appeals to new Star Wars fans but I don't see why you have to sacrifice much either way like I, I think obviously you'll lose peop some people either way but if your goal is to make a good story or a good movie then you shouldn't be worrying about those things and like that's kind of a problem with any sort of sequelization um that was kind of the problem with uh legend of Korra for me is they wanted to appeal too much to an older story and not just create their own new one um but i don't know we i feel like we did talk a lot of crap about um this movie even though like i will still say like i love it if i was given the option i would watch it again easily oh yeah um, oh yeah I think I mean yeah we love the movie yeah. there's just some issues oh, yeah. with it I think like just to like list positives and you guys can add on whenever but like the awesome fight with um with Snoke's guards was like yes. amazing the light speed ship through the other ship looked so dope um different force abilities the whole like hey I'm gonna show up as a, a force projection and just like tease you a bit. I think that was cool. Let's talk about that. Um, a little bit more depth into um, the construction of a lightsaber, as we saw a lightsaber get broken in half. Um, the just some beautiful shots with like the whole salt um, salt planet battle. Um, crystal wolves. Uh, I just, I just, I just Dave love the Filoni. Um, what else? I don't know. There. No, oh, the hug between uh, Ray and Finn at the end was like heart melting. I don't even ship them as oh. like dating. I ship them as like friends. I thought that was just adorable. Oh, there's a, there's another mistake. Uh, so Ray apparently meets Poe here for the first time. Um. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you read through the uh, Force Awakens novelization, which is also a canon book, mm -hmm. they actually met in that book. So, uh, I don't know what happened here. Yeah. And Ooh. I feel like it's easy to get caught up in the negatives of this movie, but I think overall, you know, I mean, this is one of my favorite Star Wars it might even be my favorite just because it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those movies. It's a glass half empty, glass half full type thing of there's bad and there's good. And, you know, what you decide what you're going to focus on. And it's worth noting, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is abysmally low for this. But if you look at cinema score, which is a bit more um, well sort of policed. It actually has an A rating, which is its highest rating. Or, I guess, maybe not the highest, but one of the higher ratings. So it isn't like every audience member hated it. It's 
You know, yeah. I think it's overall been received very positively. Mm. Oh, I just closed out of Skype. Give me a sec. <laughs> huh. It's okay. Call's still going. Um, Did you see the thing yeah, I Yeah, I see you? that. I, I mean, it could have just been like, they might be in the same. It's, it's, a, really, it's a small detail, but it's like, ah. Oh, I mean, but. I wish. Even still, like, I've been in the same room with with people before and hadn't even realized it until like three years later where it's like oh okay we actually like saw each other at this point or we were in the same school at this point but we didn't know until now um, kind of that sort of thing I, I kind of understand that my um just on a side note to that my uh my aunt already ships uh Ray and Poe just so they can have Sons and daughters named Tilo and Fa. Like, of Hare, me. It's bad. It's it's so bad. So, shall we talk about the Luke uh, force projection? Yeah, I, let's. I really like that. Just in terms of, like, yeah. um, someone pointed out to me, it's almost like the force is working like technology where people are advancing it and using it in ways that you didn't think possible before mm-hmm. yeah and I... well it actually seems that force projection was already possible before it but it's a very thing that you don't want to do because it will kill you yeah well yeah to that extent i think if luke hadn't gone for as long as he did or maybe do as much as he did it might not have been as bad but like I do agree, like, the whole concept of reach, like, your connection to the Force is a skill, and is a like it's a, it's a relationship almost, it's a it's a push and pull and as your relationship grows stronger, you learn new things, and people have different relationships with the Force um, hence why certain Sith can use Force Lightning, and certain Sith prefer to choke people out good on them either way um not good on them but like you know it's it's the your connection to the force is like more of a personal thing and i think that's cool not to say that like just because one person can lift rocks doesn't mean that another person can't but it's like there are certain skills that most anybody can do and then there are certain skills that are more unique and more learned than others that's just cool I kind of feel like the movie just uh, didn't do the best job at hiding the fact that he was a ghost I I liked that I liked that I, a lot yeah. because looking back on it you can be like oh I can see how he wasn't so I could have predicted this but at least personally, I knew something was up, but I didn't know what at the time. But I, I was I was obviously distracted by seeing that he had his original lightsaber. Even before yeah. he ignited, I saw the hilt on his uh, yeah. belt, and I was like, "That what, just got what, destroyed." What? And so my mind is thinking about that while Luke is having this beautiful scene with Leia, and mm-hmm. I'm so distracted about well, this. And for me, it was like, he looks different, but I. I can't tell what and then on my second watch through i'm like oh his hair's shorter in this and 
I, less I, gray and oh i feel like they should have just uh made it that he had his green lightsaber instead you know because that wouldn't make sense at yes but at i don't really know i i agree with that i i i, I know the reason why they didn't right. they did it because um for one reason because um uh, him having the blue lightsaber would anger Kylo Ren the most because, you know, he's been obviously trying to get that lightsaber. So. True. And also, uh, character reason, Luke's with the blue lightsaber, that's the lightsaber of a hero, kind of, to him, because his green lightsaber is the lightsaber he used mm -hmm. to almost kill Kylo Ren. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, like, I think also the whole part of him like not dying to like a thousand laser shots um was kind of like to build up his legend and i feel like most people knew luke skywalker for having this awesome lightsaber and these awesome force powers and just these just being yeah awesome. i mean that and that kind that's of that's actually well established before the movie because they released the book called Legends of Luke Skywalker, and it, it it's full of a bunch of tales that obviously are just fantasized stories that have nothing to do with the actual story. They're just made up by people who've heard from another person who heard from another person. It's fun. It's cute. <laughs> um, so, so the dice. Oh, yeah. That was a nice touch. Uh, uh, it it was odd because you know I, I was wondering like wait what what are those things for? But those dice did actually appear in A New Hope mm -hmm. for one scene only, but it was only put there as a joke. But I think the reason why they focused it more here is because that dice is actually plays a big deal for the solo movie. Because uh, I I believe I believe I believe that those are the actual he dice he uses to win the Falcon. Um, mm, I do okay. know when they were writing that scene and when they were, um, and this was from an interview with people who were behind continuity. Those dice were supposed to play a bigger role in the Force Awakens. Mm. So that's why they made such a big deal out of it here. Yeah. And of course, they cut it out from the Force Awakens. So, yeah. So we never got to hear Luke's third lesson. <laughs> oh, really? I what it would have been? No, we only got through two of them. I think the third one was cut for time because Ryan Johnson said that he had like all with all the stuff we combined, he had like a three-hour film that they had to take out a bunch of awesome shots. They said. Mm. Extended edition. Nah, nah, just lead scenes. Well, really. yeah. And I think they should have cut out the Canto Bite scene, but... Yeah. So Luke yeah. just brushing his shoulder off. Like, one, that's kind of funny, kind of epic, but two, it, it doesn't seem like a Star Wars kind of joke. Ooh. It's like again for me it breaks the fourth wall. I it's like I would say it is similar caliber to any of Obi Wan's one liners in the prequel trilogy. 
But it's it's obviously made for a meme. Well, yeah. Definitely. It's like, ah, oh, they're definitely trying to push a meme here, which it actually is a meme well, now. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, I saw that. I was like, oh, come on. Please don't do those jokes. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of wish that we had an actual lightsaber battle in this movie. Yeah. Because what we got here was a dodge battle. Well, okay, which, we got that, but know. we got an epic, epic 2v, like, 8. Uh, maybe it was... And that's... And, that, and I love that, and that was so awesome, but it's like we had no lightsabers really clashing in this except for the flashback, but that was cut short. True. Yeah. I don't know. I... I obviously, I'm always down for a lightsaber battle, but, like... I'm kind of okay with them not doing that in this movie. I don't feel like they needed to. And I also feel like Luke dying at the end of this movie wasn't really earned. <clears throat> yeah, they didn't do enough with it. Because I, I kind of felt like his whole arc here was like for him to get back to who he was of Luke Skywalker. And so him at the end of there is like, this is just the beginning. But then they just... Uh, ended off with him just becoming a force ghost with like I don't feel like he we got to that point yet with his character mm. so are we ready to do final thoughts yes I believe so um yeah maybe if there's anything else in my mind I don't there's so much to talk about in this movie that we can't just say it all here because it just take too much time well, yeah, especially since it's been like two and a half hours already yeah so I'm glad we didn't get a fourth member <laughs> I, I think we should uh, we should go into uh, our closing statements final thoughts uh, uh, more so favorite moments you like to say um yeah my favorite moment was obviously the hyperspace moment um I didn't really talk about this, but Holdo is actually my favorite character in this movie, mostly because of her hair and dress. I thought mm. the makeup and costume department knocked it out of the park with just some very simple things. But, um, yeah, I felt like that was really the moment that made the character. And, yeah. And it's also just an epic moment. And then also... Um, the lightsaber battle, which were both moments brought up before, but hmm. um, my favorite moments, I like, I like the whole scene of um, Kylo and Rey meeting and walking to Snoke and killing Snoke, and then that whole scene is just probably my favorite scene. Um, and then I like, I like Luke force projecting himself in the end that was a fun little like ha gotcha moment um and kind of also reinforces that like you don't need to you don't need to be aggressive you don't need to be um you don't need to attack in order to save the day like you can you can be passive and still win um I don't know. I, I liked those parts a lot. Um, and the hug with Finn and Ray at the end. I still think that's... It's so... It, I don't know. 
so feelsy. It's cute. It's cute. Uh, for me, my favorite part of the movie was actually the music. I feel like the soundtrack for this movie was definitely much better than the last one, and I think it mainly has to do with um, with some with how some of the scenes were shot. There was actually moments to breathe. Uh, they were very quiet um, shots, you know, Luke sitting next to Yoda. Uh, and another reason why I liked the music is they, they brought back a lot of the original uh, trilogy music, especially, um, you know, uh, Yoda, when he showed up, they started playing his theme, and, you know, that was fun. Uh, when Luke comes to, uh, to talk with Leia, they started playing their theme, you know, that was kind of like a heart-wrenching, kind of. And then... The one thing that I just really started pumping out to was um, when the Millennium Falcon uh, uh, takes the TIE Fighter away. And uh, John Williams did the best decision he could ever do and he brought back a TIE Fighter attack. <laughs> that epic song. And I've been listening to that song over and over again. And I, I do feel like that song was actually the perfect fit for that whole uh, movie. Uh, but there's still some points of the soundtrack that I feel like were kind of weak, mainly that they didn't have Ray's theme from last movie. They did, in this but one, not very frequently. Um, well, not really. They they had it at the beginning, uh, with uh, Luke and Leia, but they didn't use it again at all. The most strong of the theme that they brought back was Kylo Ren, but my problem with that theme is that it takes so long to actually get through that theme. <laughs> Instead of it being like quick note, it's actually yeah. But the reason why it became epic here is because they actually had a choir to back it up with. So yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I would have liked to hear more of Ray's theme. Ray has a really awesome theme, in my opinion. But uh, I feel like that was the best part of last yeah, soundtrack. I think so too. So. How does this movie rate in your Star Wars ranking? Oof, okay. This is the thing. Um, as, like, a movie... Like, it's hard for me... As a as a movie, I prefer it to um, The Force Awakens, but I just had such a better experience with Force Awakens um, that it's hard for me to rate it over that. Um... Just out of 10, I would say, like, it's an 8 out of 10 or so, which works because it's 8th movie. But um, we've, I don't know, uh, it's definitely better than the prequels, better than 7. Um, probably on par with the original trilogy, maybe a tad bit worse. But that's a lot. A lot of that too is like because it's a sequelization and because it, it is less fresh than the originals. Um, but you know, amazing special effects and stuff definitely help. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah. Matthew. Um, for me, I don't know. I keep changing mine. Um, it probably falls 
between The Empire Strikes Back and Rogue One. Um, Empire Strikes Back being my favorite, or at least the Star Wars that I feel is the best film. Um, And that's just because, you know, this one has a few shaky plot moments, but it isn't quite as shaky as the first two acts of um, Rogue One. Yeah. But I do feel... Yeah, and that might change. Um, I haven't completely decided because Rogue One had a lot of, like, big moments at the end, whereas The Force Awakens, until the last act, I just didn't feel the excitement. And that changed the second time I watched it, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel like Star Wars the first time, unlike Rogue One. The Force Awakens or Last Jedi? Oh, Last Jedi. Okay, okay. Um, for me, I have to stress again that I love Star Wars equally, and that when I put it inside ranks, it doesn't mean like one's better than the other. I just prefer watching one more than um, the other. And so for me, this movie and also Force, Aw- Force Awakens, anything to do with the new trilogy, uh, it's currently on the bottom of my ranking list because I'm not as invested in this story and the, my ranking is more so my the ones that I would want to rewatch over and over again so for me I'm not as crazy into rewatching these movies over and over again as I am with the prequels or the original trilogy or even Rogue One um, so that's why they're currently at the bottom of the list I'm not as invested with the uh, characters the whole universe and, you know, maybe that could change with the third movie, but I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So, final thoughts of the movies. Go see it. Yeah. Go see it more than once. Yes. yes. It, it improves the second time. If you yeah. didn't like it the first time, it's much better the second time. And also, go with someone who's excited to see it. Yeah, well... Assuming that somebody's gotten this far through the podcast, I'm assuming they've already seen it. Tell yeah. your friends that are less willing to see it to watch it with you, like Matt was saying, and have them, like, I would stress that the second time through, because you know all the twists are going to happen, the twists are less distracting. Um I would also say um, check out Star Wars Explained and their channel. Um, they do a really good job at uh, pretty much explaining the books and stuff that help you get context for a lot of the stuff that happened in this movie. Um, and I would say if you don't have the time to read the books or comic books, just check them out. Another, oh, and... oh, sorry. Um, another, another good resource uh, is uh, another YouTube channel, Stupendous Wave does a really good job of kind of explaining some of the details within the movie um, if you want a further explanation based on lore there too and watch The Force Awakens before you see The Last Jedi especially if you haven't seen it since Rogue One yeah yeah. and I think the thing that we should end this podcast with is what is your hope for the Han Solo movie that it not be as bad as it looks like it will be yeah, I I don't know. I personally, Star Wars to me is a story about 
Jedi, so movies that don't focus on the Jedi Sith are less desirable to me. But as long as it's, I'm still gonna watch it. So like, it doesn't matter. I just it, hope it's, it doesn't I matter. It's good. And I hope that the rumors that the actor can't act is false. Yeah, or that he is able to correct that and change those rumors. <laughs> and Lucasfilm. We're going to see this anyway, so make it worth our time. And also, uh, probably think about uh, changing where you're going to go with Star Wars. Because right now, it's uh, kind of controversial. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, which is... Eh. <laughs> yeah. So, is that everything? I think so. Yep. Alright, uh, I believe that's all we have for today. So, yeah, thank you guys for watching, and we will see you on all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.